Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good? What's good? What's good, Raider Nation? As we come or get one day closer to one of the great events in all of sports. Nobody wins or loses necessarily. Everybody kind of wins, I guess, uh, for the NFL draft. But it has become one of the great spectacles, one of the great events in all of sports. I can't quite put my finger on why. I think it's because it's selling hope. Every team that adds a new player Every fan thinks that that player is going to be a future Hall of Famer or immediately help or be the answer to the you know getting over the top or getting to the Super Bowl or getting to the playoffs or becoming a winning team. It's just something that's fascinating to me and always has been. And it's here in Las Vegas as you drive around town. Uh, there's no mistaking where the NFL draft is this year. It's just the vibe here in Vegas for this event is just through the roof right now. And we haven't even really gotten started by Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when it's in full gear and people from all over the world are coming into Las Vegas. And that includes the locals who are uh, anticipating this event as well. It's going to be something that people are going to remember for a long, long time. The draft itself is a spectacular event, but the fact that it's here in Las Vegas and Las Vegas is going to put its unique spin on it, along with the Raiders being the host team and the host city, it's something that is really going to be special. And we have it covered here at Raider Nation Radio from beginning to end, and that starts right now all the way through the weekend uh, and recapping it next week. There will be no shortage of things to cover, to talk about, to analyze, to assess. Um, It's just fantastic and I can't wait and I'm really happy to be part of it uh, to the extent that I am. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday and we have a great show for you today. Uh, We've got Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus coming in. 4.30. Sam Gordon, my teammate over the Las Ve- over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, will be joining us at 5 o'clock. Also taking your calls, and I know you guys got a lot of thoughts, 702-365-9200 on everything that's going on. I want to know who is your target, must-have, have-to-have, can't-live-without pick at number 86. If you want to throw th- two, three names out there uh, of players that you would be happy with, okay with, satisfied with, uh, for the Raiders at pick n- number uh, 86, please give us a call, 702-365-9200. Also, I can't let this pass um, without uh, you know without commenting on it. Yesterday, we all saw the reports about Darren Wall- uh, Waller and the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers were uh, interested in acquiring uh, uh, Darren Waller. First of all, duh, who isn't <laughs> interested in, in in acquiring Darren Waller? As I wrote today over in uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, you could download that app, Vegas Nation, or go to VegasNation.com. You're talking about a six-foot-six, walking-talking major mismatch for Anybody, whether he's the only viable target on your team or in combination now with the Raiders, with Devontae Adams, he's somebody that can destroy you single-handedly. Everybody wants to have a player of that caliber. So, of course, there is interest in him throughout the NFL. 
as we talked about yesterday, I'd venture to say that 31 teams would be would love to have Darren Waller on their team, especially considering what he's making. 6.8 this year, $7 million next year. That is a bargain for what he brings to the table. So, of course, there's going to be interest. And no doubt, I'm sure, if I were the Packers, when the Raiders came knocking on uh, the Packers' door asking about Devontae Adams, who in his own right is a spectacular star, dynamic player, and as those conversations go, the Raiders are eventually going to have to ask, what would it take? What are you thinking? And I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Packers said, yeah, we want a number one pick in Darren Waller. Now, after I, the Raiders, started laughing or finished laughing because there's no way I'm giving up that much for Devontae Adams, I would say, um, let's be realistic now and let's talk again. Let me ask that question again. What's it going to take? And then let them know that that's not going to be anything that you're going to accept. It's going to have to come down considerably from that. They ended up trading a first and second round pick, which I think was fair compensation for a player of Devontae Adams' uh, stature. So, yes, of course, the Packers were going to ask for Devontae Adams, or excuse me, Darren Waller. I had heard that, you know, people around the league were saying, would you think the Raiders would be willing to give up Max Crosby for Devontae Adams? If the, if the Packers said, hey, uh, we want a player and we want somebody that's going to be able to help us right now, as they should. I mean, of course, if you're going to give up, if you're in a position where you have to, and make no mistake, guys, the Packers didn't want to trade Devontae Adams, okay? Get that out of your head. It wasn't like the Packers woke up one day and say, gosh, darn it. You know what? You know, you know what? You know what? I, I just I had an epiphany last night and I woke up and I'm convinced that this is what we should do. We will be a better team without Devontae Adams. Do you really think the Green Bay Packers woke up one morning and made that decision? Of course they didn't. Of course the Packers wanted to hold on to Devontae Adams for dear life. They were willing to pay him the equivalent of what the Raiders paid him to make that happen. So under no circumstances were the Packers simply motivated to trade Devontae Adams and started making calls all across the league to say, hey, we're open for business. We think we're going to be a better team without Devontae Adams by trading him and gathering some draft picks. That's not how it went down. They were essentially forced into a corner by Devontae Adams, who took hold of his future and simply told them, look, no hard feelings. This isn't reflective of how I think about you, how I feel about you. We're all still friends. We can respect each other. This is a profession, professional business. This is just strictly business. But I'm here to tell you, I don't want to play for the Green Bay Packers anymore. And I'm not going to play under this franchise tag. I'm not going to accept any contract offer that you put uh, in front of me. The ship has sailed. I don't want to be here anymore. No hard feelings. But I'm not going to play for the Packers anymore. That is what happened. And the Packers, obviously, begrudgingly, reluctantly, uh, probably disappointedly, had to come to the realization that there's no other real, um, you know, uh, no other avenue to take here. He's not going to play here anymore. And he's been clear about that. So to cut our losses, to make this, to, to be able to walk away from this situation with something, we're going to have to trade him for something. 
So that's what happened, okay? And that's why the Raiders were able to acquire Devontae Adams. He forced the Packers' hand. And in those discussions, when it became clear that the Packers were basically in a position of, there's no turning back. We've got to trade Devontae Adams. He's not playing here anymore. So now they're going to try to ask for the moon and the sun and everything else, as they should. Um, but then from the Raiders' perspective, and that here i got to make this clear, and we tried to make this clear yesterday because I saw this happening on Twitter yesterday. People were mistaking offer for demand. The Ra- and some people, after reading the report yesterday, came to the conclusion, and sometimes you got to question – are, when you read things, are you reading it? Are you really reading it and comprehending what you're reading? Or are you just skimming through it and making an absurd, um, y- y- you know, uh, opinions based on what you kind of skim through? Because by sometime last night, and I, I know this because people were tweeting it at me, there was like this conclusion that some fans came up with that the Raiders offered a first-round pick in Devontae Adams. That never happened. That never happened. You're talking about an offer compared to a demand. The Packers asked for maybe, and we don't know this for sure, but I'm just going to roll with it. The Packers asked for a first-round pick and Devontae Adams, and after the Raiders got through laughing at that um, ask, ask price, they said, we're not going to do this, but we would be willing to do this, and they made an offer. So can we make that distinction? Can we figure out... The difference between offer and demand. In no uncertain terms, in no way ever would the Raiders have offered a first-round pick and Darren Waller for Devontae Adams. That makes no sense. So let's just start there. All right, so first of all, by league rule, even had the Packers asked for a first and Darren Waller, that was... Against the rules. You can't do that. If you remember, Devontae Adams was under the franchise tag, but he hadn't signed the franchise tag. There's paperwork that's involved in all this, and he refused to sign the franchise tag um, paperwork. So because of that, a player under that distinction can't be traded for another current NFL player. And it can only be draft picks. So that made that whole conversation moot. Long story short, the Raiders traded a first and second round pick to get Devontae Adams. With the idea, and I wrote this today, uh, you know, in the Las Vegas Review Journal, especially after talking to people, with the idea of creating a super tandem of Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and literally forcing opponents and opposing defenses by what they created, to choose how, basically, they're going to get beat. And that decision comes down to, all right, if you protect yourself from one of these players by adding or putting you know extra bodies to a certain player, let's say Devontae Adams, you know full well you're opening yourself up to be slayed by the other guy who you're now only defending and can only devote one body to. One way or another, whether it's Devontae Adams or Darren Waller, and then under that, Hunter Renfro, and maybe even a, you could throw a Brian Edwards, who I think faces a pretty big year, but has a great opportunity here to excel under the new kind of defenses that they're going to face because of bringing Devontae Adams and pairing him with, with 
Darren Waller. The point being, the Raiders have created a supernatural tandem of two of the most explosive, dynamic, productive players in the game today. They made the trade. They gave up a first and uh, second round pick specifically to do that. They envision that and they understand in a league where applying maximum pressure on the opposing defense is what it's all about. And they were willing to pay a steep price to make that happen, to create a tandem that puts maximum pressure on opposing defense. After doing all that and giving up what they gave up to make this happen, why? Why in the world would they want to... Before it even gets started, before they even see their creation on the field wreaking havoc, and they will wreak havoc as long as everybody stays healthy, why in the world would they want to break that up before the fact by removing a key component in Darren Waller? For what? A draft pick? To move into the second round? To maybe even move into the first round? Big whoopee. Why there's they were willing to trade the 22nd pick in the draft to get Devontae Adams. They're not going to take that pick back or anything less than that to now trade Darren Waller away for it. It it doesn't make any sense. And so um it we're here to basically put all of this to bed. Maybe the Packers asked for uh Darren Waller, maybe they didn't. Let's just assume that they did until they found out, well, it's not even legal anyway. The part of the reporting that gets a little bit murky at this point, and you know, based on people who I've talked to, it's there's no chance of this, it's not even happening, is the part of the report that indicates or that implies that the Raiders and Packers are currently engaged in trade talks for Darren Waller on a deal that could happen um, you know, during the draft or before the draft or, or, or whatever. I'm here to tell you that that's not happening. Now, look, Devon Cotton, we all know in history, the history has told us you can never, ever say never. But I'm pretty sure that we can put this one to bed. I'll ask you the question, Devon. Why, after creating such a powerful, dynamic duo, would the Raiders ever entertain the thought of breaking it up? I don't think that the Raiders are entertaining this at all, but this is more of a Twitter story than an actual story. Right. Well, where it's all like, because you've been talking about it for so long, but it's just a Twitter story where people say this, and Raider Nation being a very passionate fan base, you see that tweet, you see a blue check mark next to it, right? or at least a couple hundred thousand followers on, mm-hmm. the, on the account, and it, and it spreads like wildfire. Like you said, the media literacy of people needs to improve on Twitter. Sometimes, the yes. The reading comprehension. No, I, I'm, I feel confident 100% making this statement. I'll make the blanket statement. I know it's always you can't deal with generalities, but right. I'll say it. People on Twitter, your reading comprehension just needs to be a little bit better. Right, because in, I, I must have – I've probably read that thing 10 times just to make sure that I'm not um, reporting or, or, or implying something – erroneous okay because i'm looking for there was there was somebody on twitter who challenged me basically um by saying you know you got owned by the green bay i'm like how 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 am i getting owned when i'm saying based on my sources nothing's going on it's not happening well they offered a first round pick and darren waller for Devonte adams so I, I i read that story about 10 it never ever implied that the raiders made that offer and that's where 
the reading comprehension comes into play. And also, I said it on Q's show as well, but with trade talks, they can be, hey, would you give us Waller? No. Hey, we engaged in talks. Exactly. Like I could I could say to you right now, Damon, do you want to go to uh, Fleming's tonight for dinner? No, not really. We just engaged in a conversation, right? <laughs> talks were being now, made. Talks were talks just underway. You know, we 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 engaged in in dinner talk concerning Flemings, and uh, I made the offer, or I, I I asked, and you said no, and that's the end of that conversation. So just because, and I got a, a text today from uh, somebody in the NFL. It's like people can desire whoever they want in the NFL. I mean, you don't think that every team in the NBA desired Michael Jordan. That doesn't mean like they can't forcefully somehow, some way through their own force field of wanting somebody or wanting a player, get the Raiders or any, or the Chicago Bulls at that time to play along. It takes two to tangle and the Packers. Who, I mean, if you think of Darren Waller on the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, right? That becomes, it, it immediately replaces Devonte Adams. Right, I mean, nah. I mean, that's pretty. It's pretty close. No, it's pretty still, close. I, I if you put, so. if you put, if you put Darren Waller into that system with that quarterback, those numbers are going to be. I, I'm, I'm just saying, like there was. It takes two to tango. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers was a pretty damn good combination. That was a, a, a match made in heaven. We'll see if that is replicated here with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a great quarterback, but I'm not going to sit here and say he's Aaron Rodgers. So with Aaron Rodgers and 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 Darren Waller, I think Darren Waller's numbers would at the very least stay intact. But probably stay intact has a, as to what has a check. He'd be because last season he only had three games above seventy yards receiving, and I know it's all he was injured. What last was his? Season. Uh, you know, to, I don't want to. I don't want to hear about twenty twenty. I don't care about twenty nineteen. You, you're, you're stuck season. on the he got hurt and let's blame Darren Waller for getting I'm not, hurt. I'm not blaming him for but anything. But you're saying, but what are you? This year's what, what, be would his, what would his 17 game average been last year? Like if you if you if you you know just just look at it. What, you can't. What about it? Like well, what was it? Something else. I'm sure it was going to be 90 to 100 catches, 12 to 1500 yards. You know, X amount of touchdowns. If you if he had stayed healthy and stayed on the field, that's the thing. Like like we all know that injuries are part of football, but. What what you really look at, and he's never had any history of missing games uh, with the Raiders. He just had dumb luck last year with an injury. I was there in Dallas when he got hurt. It was a serious knee injury. So if you were, but but what you as a team look at is okay. When this guy's on the field, what are we getting? What can we reasonably expect from Darren Waller through be, be, uh, with his history, especially the last when he's been on the field consistently as he was for the Raiders in 2019 and 2020? I would venture to say you're looking at about 90, 95 catches, uh, 1,200 yards. Um, you know, uh, eight to ten touchdowns. That's what you can expect from Darren Waller when he's on the field because he's that good of a player. Now, I'm not saying – go ahead. Oh, nothing. You said expect eight to ten touchdowns. He's only had nine touchdowns one time in his career. What was it? The uh... It was three in 2019. Okay. Yeah, I don't – Two coach. last year. All right. So, right, through how many – okay, all right. So let's just say six touchdowns. But he's going to get you – Nine and the Raiders certainly did have trouble sometimes converting touchdowns in the red zone. We'll see if that changes this year. Now adding a, a you know a dynamic like uh, Devonte Adams. But look at what what were the 
the sheer numbers, the catch numbers and the and the and the yard numbers had he played uh, a full schedule. I don't have that up in front of me. Okay. I, I don't have I'm the- going to say I'm going to say that like you you're using last year I think you're I think the, uh, an outlier of a year where this guy missed 5 to 6 games. You can't use those numbers. You have to me. You look at historically what does he do when he's on the field for seventeen games. You're making it sound like if he played seventeen games next year, he would he could have the numbers that he ended up with last year. Or but 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 by all means, tell me what you're actually. The point saying. I'm making is that you said if you if he's on Green Bay this coming Playing season and healthy, yes, if he's going to give them the same amount of production that Devontae Adams. I don't say the them, same, but close to clo- it. I, I don't. I, I do not believe that. Is all I, is the okay. all that I'm now saying. Okay, that's 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 different, all right? Because you were using, I'm saying, ninety. Last year when he was healthy, he had three good games. So I, that's a that's still a sample size of eleven games, three good ones. And he would have finished had he played. I don't. I'm telling you, in the eleven games that he played, what we saw, what there he, were what, only what, three good ones. Well, okay, what 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 were his numbers in eleven games? Fifty-five receptions. Okay, so yeah, six hundred and sixty-five yards, two touchdowns. That, in how many games? In eleven. In eleven. Okay, so and in three of those games, he had over seventy yards receptions. Okay, Se- yeah, seventy receiving yards. So r- read those numbers to me again. Fifty-five in eleven games. Yes, yeah, six hundred sixty-five. So set, he would have had another. He would have had another. Probably, I'd say at least thirty-five catches. He had five. That's five. Per, that's five catches per game. Okay, so five times seventeen is. We'll do it. Okay, I'll let you do it. All right. Because yeah. you, you just always throw it at me. Well, like, you're hey, the mathematician the, here, and you know numbers. that. What would this be? What would that be? You, you know that you're the mathematician Yo, you, here. You prove your own argument. I'll wait. 85 catches, which I think that sometimes you get going. So I'd say 85 to 90 catches last year. And he was, for what you know, a couple of one of those games, he was he was kind of banged up. Um, close to Close to 1,000 yards. He would have finished with. I'm guaranteeing that that's what what, what would have happened. So what I'm saying is, of course, like like uh, if you put Darren Waller onto the Packers, it really helps them. Let's just put it that way. I'm not saying that he would have had Devontae Adams's numbers, but I think that he's gonna he's gonna be uh, in line for a big year. So uh, the point being, obviously, the Packers would want him on the team. But now, when you think about it from the Raiders' perspective, you've got Devontae Adams, who's arguably a better player, right? A bigger weapon, I think an overall better player. But you add that to Darren Waller to create something that is has the potential to be spectacular. And the, the, the entire point being, you don't break that up. You just created that for a reason. You created that for a reason. And you're not going to just... Um, you know, you break that up just to go get a draft pick. And the other part of this, before we go to break, Darren Waller is not acting like somebody that wants, that has to have a new contract right now or doesn't want to be here. So why, why commit an unforced error by trading a player by that by all accounts is happy and okay with what his current contract situation looks like? They'll revisit that at some point. But Again, Devontae Adams got traded because Devontae Adams wanted to get traded. You don't trade a Darren Waller for any other reason other than he's telling you, I don't want to be here, through his words and his actions. 
And the contra- on, on the contrary, he's showing up at voluntary minicamp. He's showing up at voluntary offseason program. He's not making any bold statements. He's not taking all Raider gear off of his IG and, and Twitter accounts. He's all in right now. So that's even more reason why you don't even entertain the thought of trading him, which the Raiders haven't anyway. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Imbahadur, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It's a reminder that this half of In the Huddle is sponsored by the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Look, there's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Please call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. Call them at 725-373-9879 and live the life that you deserve, not the one you think, because we've always been taught and kind of conditioned to accept the fact that pain is just a fact of life and getting older. That's not the case Call the Neuropathy Insane Pain Center of Las Vegas at 725-373-9879. So we're talking about um, obviously the draft, obviously the Raiders picking at number 86 for now, uh, as General Manager Dave Ziegler likes to say. Uh, We want your thoughts, 702-365-9200, on who you want to see the Raiders pick if they stay at number 86. I got to believe, I have to believe um, that it's going to be an offensive lineman simply because this is a fairly deep draft in terms of the offensive line and whether, you know, obviously teams like to talk about drafting the best player available regardless of the depth chart, but it just sure seems like the depth chart and the best player available philosophy can line up uh, at number 86, there should be somebody along that offensive line uh, that fits both bills, best player available and also at a position of need. However, and I've been stressing this too, um, you know, a sneaky big need, I think, for uh, the Raiders is cornerback. And, um, you know, I, and I know it's it's kind of like, wow, but they, they, they've signed guys, they've traded for guys, um, you know, you've got a young guy in Trayvon uh, Mullen back there uh, a, a, as well, and that all makes a lot of sense. But when you look at whether it's Trayvon, whether it's uh, Rock Yassin, um, who am I missing from their uh, from their um, uh, 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 Anthony Avert, who they signed from the from the Baltimore Ravens? When you look at this cornerback room, they're all on one-year deals, basically. Nate Hobbs, uh, a starter being the exception, he's going into his second year. So um, when you look at at where the Raiders are with their cornerbacks, while there's a lot of talent, while there's a lot of, um, there's going to be competition, there's going to be a lot of motivation because players are going to be playing for their futures, essentially. When you're on your the last year of your contract, you know, uh, I know that we're talking about a team sport and it's a team first and whether you're uh, Anthony uh, Averett uh, or, or Rock Yassin or Trayvon Mullen, obviously you're putting the team ahead of everything and that's, that's, that's the goal um, and that's how you should be thinking. But at the same time, there's a individual professional 
um, you know, aspect to this. And everybody in the league, especially at that age and under that contract uh, situation, they're playing for their next contract. So the Raiders could be looking at a couple of different things here in a year. If these players don't play up to uh, an acceptable level, you're going to have to be looking to replace them next year. And even if they do play up to the level of expectation, there's a chance you're not going to be able to sign all of them. They're all on one-year deals. So you might still be looking for at least one cornerback uh, next year at this time. So for that reason, cornerback becomes a pretty interesting position uh, to keep an eye on for the Raiders. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend from Pro Football Focus, Brad Spielberger. Uh, Brad, um, I got to ask you, you know, we've been working and working and working uh, since the season ended, basically, pointing to the draft, assessing the draft, thinking about the draft, getting through free agency. None of us get any sleep. It's all excitement and a lot of work. Where are you right now on the uh, bucket or on the uh, the passion bucket right now? Are we full? Are we drained? Where Where's Brad Spielberger right now on the eve of the NFL draft? That's a great question, Vinny. I think last week I was completely drained, but now the, the excitement's back, the fever pitch is back, and uh, Thursday can't come fast enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so we're kind of in uh, a little bit of that lying season right now. There's a lot flying around. There's a lot of um, you know mo- teams that are motivated to get certain messages out there. Uh, there's agents involved. Uh, there's the, it, it runs the whole gamut. So don't always believe everything you read or hear this time of year, just a word of warning. But, of course, it makes for a great excitement, and we, and we love it and try to sort through what's real, what's not real. A report came out yesterday that the Packers not only were interested in trading for Darren Waller a month ago when they traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders, but that they remain interested in trading for uh, Darren Waller. First and foremost, i got to ask you, what team wouldn't be interested in trading for Darren Waller, Brad? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure all 31 other teams outside of Las Vegas would love to have Darren Waller on their roster. So that's a, good, that's a fair question. So, um, obviously, there would be interest in him. Um, but do you believe, and I don't believe this to be the case whatsoever, uh, and, and i got to ask you, if, if are the Raiders receptive to that, number one? And number two, if so, why? You know, I would say if they are receptive to it, it's because maybe the new regime wants to set a precedent Yes, his deal is completely undervalued. He deserves a lot more money, and I'm sure he has asked for it. Maybe their thinking is, we're not going to come in in the first year, first couple months we're here, and give a guy with multiple years left on his contract an extension. Um, so maybe that's the angle they're taking. It's not something the Patriots would ever do. Um, so obviously, you know, we would think they would try to have the same um, you know, process, but that's the only reason I could think of for why you'd move a guy of that caliber. And when you think of it along those terms, which obviously that thought has crossed my head, but here's a guy in Darren Waller who has showed up to every voluntary part of the offseason program thus far, including this week's voluntary minicamp. He doesn't have to be there. Um, and he would have every viable reason to say, hey, look, I'm not going to participate. You know, it, it, I, I should say this. If he wanted to apply pressure and is applying pressure on the Raiders to take that stance, like we're not going to set that precedent, it's not reflective in his actions right now. He's he's kind of acting like somebody that's okay with where the contract is right now, probably with some sort of assurance that it'll get circled back to at the appropriate time. So even from that perspective, he's not acting like somebody that's putting that kind of pressure on the Raiders. Yeah, you know, I think he understands where he came from. Uh, he's probably one of the easier guys to root for in the entire league, given his entire you know story and, and history to this point. 
and I think he gets that. But at the same time, like you're saying, you know, I think he does recognize he deserves more money, but he's not going to, you know, go go to nefarious means to get it. But I, I think there's also on the other side of the coin, you know, it might be a good idea for the Raiders to reward a guy in-house, to pay a bunch of money to a guy who was, was there before they arrived, as opposed to Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams and those guys. It goes a long way in a locker room if you also reward one of your homegrown players. I know he wasn't drafted by the, the team, but, you know, homegrown, so to speak. We're talking to Brad Spielberger from uh, Pro Football Focus. You can follow him at PFF underscore Brad. And not only do I urge you to follow him at PFF underscore Brad, but also if you want to learn about football, understand football better, uh, pay the monthly fee to go get Pro Football Focus. It's well worth the 35 or, do- or so dollars uh, for the elite uh, subscription, which I get. I love it, and I urge everybody to uh, to, to love it as well uh, and show that in subscribing because you will not um, uh, be let down uh, by under, under any stretch of the imagination. All right, Brad, so let's just say um, you know the, the Raiders and Darren Waller will eventually work toward a new deal. We know that he's owed... About $7 million the next two years, given his stature, given where he is uh, as a player and on the uh, tight end hierarchy, that's under you know, uh, market. So right now the Raiders are in a good position. Darren Waller is in not so good a position. That I'm sure they're going to circle back at some point and talk about that. Um, if they do, and if both sides are earnestly about getting a new deal done, what should a uh, new deal for Darren Waller look like, and what would you expect it to look like? You know, I think it makes a ton of sense for the team to be kind of pushing this as well. You have a guy in your division, and Travis Kelsey, one of the best, if not the best, tight ends we've ever seen, um, and signed a pretty modest extension back in 2020. Um, you know, it was about $14.3 million per year, but not a super strong deal in terms of the actual cash flows and the guarantees. So, Working off that precedent, a guy in your division who, look, I think Darren Waller is a top five tight end in the NFL, but I think Kelsey, as of right now, is number one. So, you know, I think it's probably in the 12 to 14 per year range. Let's say three years, $40 million, something like that. Um, typical Raiders structure, uh, and I think both sides would be happy to sign that deal. What would the guarantee be in your in your mind? Uh, I mean, Raiders probably about 50%, and obviously not a ton fully guaranteed, not a massive signing bonus. Um, you know, later vesting dates on for the second year, nothing crazy. But that's the thing. I mean, a tight end, yes, he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear, but 30 years old coming into this season, you're not really going to give a ton of money to a tight end at that age. Yeah, uh, I agree. So let's say that it stays right here. Um, and I, I'm comfortable in reporting that the Raiders, under no circumstances, are looking to trade uh, Darren Waller. No matter how much somebody wants him, they're keeping him. They made the trade for Devontae Adams to create this sort of super tandem that they have in place in Devante and Darren and forcing teams to decide which way do you want to get beat? Who do you want to get beat by? Because if you def- defend one, you're opening the door or field up for, for the other and vice versa. So uh, that's what they wanted to create. That's why they gave up, first, uh, gave up a first and second round pick to get him. Assuming everybody stays healthy and Derek Carr uh, obviously stays healthy, the quarterback, what kind of damage can this type of a tandem uh, do, and what kind of pressure does it put on an opposing defense? Well, first of all, that was that was some uh, Hunter Renfro erasure right there by you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I mean, dynamic. I mean, two guys that can get targeted 15, 20 times a game and can be productive. A defense needs to account for them on every single snap. I mean, that, that is one. That would be one of the best, you know, duos. In the NFL, it's like Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey going back to the Chiefs again. I mean, two guys that every single week the opposing team needs to be accounting for in every single snap. And I, I'm glad that you brought up Hunter Renfro because we haven't forgotten about him. And I do think that 
a deal is imminent uh, for for Hunter Renfro uh, to reflect where he is and where he's taken his career. And here's the question that I have uh, for you on that. Uh, Because you have Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams um, and uh, Darren Waller, you know, the impact of all three players might not be um, reflected in sheer numbers, individual numbers. It's going to be you have to you're almost going to have to assess this collectively like what they mean to each other what they mean for the team and and what it's going to mean in terms of points scored and all that so we could actually see a situation where Devontae Adams's number kind of goes down from what they've been in Green Bay Darren Waller and maybe Hunter Renfro so how do you account for that as a team in terms of what you feel the value is of these players monetarily that's a really good point. I mean, you're not going to have, you know, Devontae Adams second in targets over the last three seasons at Cooper Cup. Like, that's not going to happen again. Renfro going for over 100 targets last year, probably not going to happen again. It is. It's a collective thing. You have to have guys that want to buy into just, you know, wins and losses being the most important metric to, to track, so to speak. Um, they are. They're all going to probably be have less volume than normal, um, but you got to just, you know, pitch them on the value of wins above all else. All right, Hunter Renfro, um, you, I've just hired you as his agent. What should he be uh, looking at from uh, a new contract with the Raiders? Yeah, you know, I think this is wide receiver market explosion maybe moves it up a little bit, but he is a fifth-round draft pick. He's a pure slot guy. He has a very specific role. Um, we've always seen that, that you know, area of the position not get paid as much. I still think you're probably not going to top $15 million per year. I would shoot for it. I'd probably ask for, you know, around 15, try to get in that Jarvis Landry, get in that territory, but... You know, I think it'll probably settle closer to $12, $13 million per year. Not uh, money to sneeze at, by the way. Uh, we're talking to Brad Spielberger from the Pro Football Focus. You can follow him at PFF underscore Brad. All right, so we're a couple of days away from the start of the draft. Do we have any clarity on who the number one pick is going to be? I think it's going to be Trevon Walker out of Georgia, but no. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I had any sort of confidence in that. I think it's pretty funny that the undertone of, of Walker over Hutchinson could be simply that general manager for the Jaguars, Trent Baalke, has a very poor relationship with Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. And so it's, it's funny to wonder if that's playing into why he wants to go Trevon Walker. But, you know, that, that's my guess. And I'll also tell you this. It sounds like Doug Peterson would probably rather take Iki Aquanu to tackle out of NC State over both of the edge rushers. Um, so I, I really don't know. But I, if I had to bet on it, I wouldn't bet on it. But if I did, I would still go with Trevon Walker out of Georgia. All right, make the case for Trevon uh, as the number one pick, just strictly on talent and not some uh, vendetta that the general manager in Jacksonville has for the coach at Michigan, who obviously they work together in San Francisco. From a talent standpoint, why should he be the number one pick? That's fair, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's got to be a football reason, too. You know, I think I would hope. Argument, <laughs> yeah, you would certainly hope. You would certainly hope. My best argument, I think, look, first of all, just one more point on Balky. I mean, look, the guy, a lot of us thought he was going to get fired this offseason. I think that it was very possible if a different head coach got that job, maybe he would have gotten fired. I think it is fair to argue that Walker has the higher upside as a player. And I think for me, I've seen a lot of comps for him. The guy I keep coming back to is actually Rashawn Gary in, in, in Green Bay, who had a monster breakout season this past year was a guy that at Michigan, they used him on the interior, they, you know, occasionally off the edge or lined up over the tackle, but kind of similarly where folks didn't think he was put in position to succeed and to thrive in college, and I think it's the same for Trevon Walker. They had so much talent on the defensive line, obviously Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, who will probably be a top-five pick next year. So I think, you know, he wasn't really playing in his most natural position, but you get him in camp, 
you get his body composition where you want for the position you give him, and I think he could be a guy that could really break out in a couple of years. All right, so where does that leave Aiden Hutchinson? And if you're the, uh, the, the Detroit Lions who draft second, are you just jumping for joy that a player uh, that good from your own backyard is sitting there at pick number two? I think it would want to be one of the fastest draft picks in NFL history, yeah. <laughs> Who is Aiden Hutchinson in your mind? You know, it's, that's a good question in terms of comps. He's kind of unique to me. I mean, he is, you know, a guy you want to hand in the dirt defensive end, but he's shown an ability to win standing up as well. I think he just fits perfectly in Detroit. They need another edge rusher. You know, I think Romeo Aquara is a number two, not really a number one. They obviously just cut Trey Flowers, their big free agent acquisition. He was a cap casualty. I can't even honestly give you a good comp, but he's just, he just, the floor to me is so high. Like, he's just so solid. He'll get you eight to 10 sacks a year. Yeah, he may not give you 15 or 20, but I just think the floor with him is extremely high. And I think in Detroit as well, getting a Michigan kid, getting a guy who will just buy in and be a leader in all those things, I think it would just go such a long way. All right, last question for you. A, who's going to be the first quarterback taken? And B, where does my guy Sauce Gardner end up? First quarterback, I would be shocked if it's not Malik Willis. I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know how early it's going to be. Um, but I, I think he is the guy that just has the tools. I think we've seen over the last couple of years now, NFL teams realize, look, unless it's like a Joe Burrow type guy that is so cerebral and so good at, at understanding football, if it's not that guy, just go for a guy with tools. And Malik Willis has the ability with his arm, with his legs, to do a lot of, a lot of incredible things on a football field. So I think it'll be him. Uh, wait, shoot, what was the second question? Sauce Gardner. Where does I think Sauce, Sauce Gardner goes? Yeah, I think he's going to go either fifth or seventh overall to the New York Giants. I think they're in love with him. I think Wink Martindale, their new defensive coordinator, needs a guy that can play press man coverage, that can win one-on-one on the outside. I think he's a perfect fit for the New York Giants. All right, Brad. Uh, thank you so much. You know we always enjoy uh, your insight uh, and knowledge. Enjoy the draft. Uh, can't wait to circle back to you uh, when it's all said and done uh, and get your uh, assessment of it at that point. Thank you, man. Sounds good. Enjoy the weekend. All right. You too. That was Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Uh, like I said, uh, and I highly urge you, Pro Football Focus um, is a tremendous asset to be able to uh, tap into for all the various knowledge, and it goes beyond just the grades and all that. They, they put out some spectacular work and have throughout this draft process. Uh, I enjoy it, and I highly urge any football fan uh, to, uh, to go ahead and, and pluck down the 35 uh, bucks or so that it costs uh, per month. It's well worth it. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Our thanks again to Pro Football Focus's Brad Swilberger. Always enjoy talking to Brad uh, about all things football related. By the way, um, look, it's your time to buy or sell a home, and Realty One Group wants to be the one to be a part of your story. Yes, the housing market's hectic. We all get that. We all understand it. It's going through the roof. But it's still a great time to sell and even buy the home of your dreams You'll need a hardworking real estate professional to get it done. 
and they've got your back. They know the market. They know the neighborhoods. They know the transactions, all the ins and outs. They know they can do this. Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas, and it's been their home for more than 11 years. They've been opening doors for their clients and opening doors for real estate professionals to live better lives for a long time. They're also proud to give back to the community, donating their time and resources to make an impact. So whether you're selling or buying a home, please call the Realty One Group today at 888-461-0101. They can get it done. Damon Cotton, we're watching your team. Where's the nerve level right now? Butterflies. There's no nerve level. Oh my! You lie so much. No, I'm not lying. I'm not nervous. Do you ever wake up with like excited, nervous, excited about a big game? Oh, by the way, I met one of your friends today. Who was from uh, Tough Enough? We'll get into that in just a second. Um, I just remembered that because we had a a little meeting today, uh, right down the street, and uh, you know Tough Enough, right? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I will get his name in, in one second, but he said to say hello. He's a actually okay. You'll know who I'm talking about. He texted you when the Devonte Adams trade went down. Yeah, you're talking about Aaron. Yes, Aaron. Exactly. Good, good dude. So uh, I was meeting. It was it was one of those. I'm meeting with somebody, and then the tough enough reps uh, join us type of a thing. So uh, really cool. Really cool to hear their story, uh, Demon. If you want to let everyone know what tough enough is, what what they do. Uh, it's a local MMA promotion here in town. So um, everybody always knows the UFC and the MMA. Well, you got to work up. You've got to win some fights somewhere else. Exactly. You know, before the UFC notices you, and Tough Enough is a great venue, is a great place to make that happen in the MMA world here in Vegas. Here's what's interesting to me about uh, an organization like that, uh, Damon. You know, when you think about, like, football, basketball, baseball, there's a minor league. There's a feeding system, right? And right now, I don't think there's anybody that officially holds that – Distinction, right, for UFC? Like somebody that is just literally kind of the, where you go to get groomed to, like officially to... No, to, there's no official, hey, this is right. the UFC Developmental League. Right. But I think at this point, maybe something's needed because, you know, it's... And, and I think fans kind of get into that. Like, and and where would I go? Like, like if my son wanted to become a uh, UFC fighter, like what, what, where would, where do they even go to, in order to, to be trained correctly and to be put in sanctioned and governed type fights to be able to build up to potentially being uh, a UFC fighter. So it seems like what they're doing and where they're headed um, could be really beneficial for a lot of people, because like I said, there's no real feeder system for 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 the UFC obviously football has something college football baseball has the minor leagues in college basketball has has uh, the college ranks as well so uh, might be something to keep an eye on and they were really good people uh, that I talked to today so we're looking at Minnesota versus Memphis the all important game five this is usually where it swings one direction or another and Damon yesterday Went out on a limb and said, Memphis in... Grizzlies in six. What are we talking about? Whew. All right. So that means they have to win the next two after f- the first four games were split back and forth. Um, only, thing that, only thing that worries me is the officiating. <laughs> as we just saw slow-mo Kyle Anderson get tripped to the ground. Oh, oh and they finally call it as uh, people were Is that the around. UCLA Kyle, Kyle Anderson? Yes, it is. Yeah. He was a... You know... It's funny sometimes watching college basketball because especially when you talk to coaches who are like, hey, who's the NBA guy is on your team, you know? And I remember talking to the UCLA coaches at the time, and that was Kyle Anderson. And you looked at it and it was like, ah, you know, 
Um, you know, all right, I, 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 you know, but he's turned out to be a pretty nice college player. And, and I say this all the time. Sometimes you just have to be exactly what you are at all levels. Tayshawn, remember Tayshawn Prince? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. He was that player in high school. He wasn't scoring 50 points a game in high school. He was averaging about 17, 18 points a game, probably about 20 in that, in high school. But he was blocking shots, hitting threes, defending with the long arms, being – he. He went from there to Kentucky to the NBA and made a whole lot of money just being exactly that. We get caught up sometimes in the guys that can score and do it all, and you definitely need that, and there are definitely players that can fill that bill. But guys like Kyle, guys like Tayshawn Prince, and many, many others were exactly who they were in high school, college, and now in the NBA, creating a role. I think um, uh, I forgot who said it, but in the in the in the uh, in the G League, the league doesn't want guys that average thirty points a game. <laughs> they want guys that can fill a role. So, um, and and that's what a guy like Kyle Anderson is all about. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. on a Tuesday. When we get back, the great Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal will be joining us.